Welcome to the program, and my guest this week is the Chicago broadcasting legend, Jonathan Brandmeier. Every journey has a beginning. WFON, Bob Dylan is knocking on heaven's door. Come on in, come on in. Every generation has their legends. Let's go to Nicholas Cage for our updated weather report. There's a lovely blanket of white snow on the rooftops. But only one radio personality has a history like this. What the hell is going on over there? Hey, Chad, are we on the air? Unforgettable characters. Good morning. <laughs> See you right there. It's like you got to get up. You got to hit it. Man. My Minneapolis stations here open the hole. Here comes my pole. Uh, this is going to be a great season. Hey, Marcia. The phone don't ring unless you're the one who calls me and asks me all kinds of stuff I don't know. Uh, who is this? Is this Froggy? <laughs> yes, yes. What can I do for you? Uh, with the driving tips, there's only one man that we can turn to here in Chicago. That is our good friend, three-time world champion, race car driver extraordinaire, Mr. Jackie Stew. We want the lizard to drive spectacular. Right. That guy's going crazy over there on that Epic fights. Donnie Osmond will fight Danny Bonaducci. All that's going to get kicked is Danny's butt. I'm getting tired of listening to you, you young punk, telling us don't come back to Arizona. Wait a minute, I didn't tell you. Against the snowbirds. We come down there, we spend more money in one week than you can earn in a year. One of a kind performances from music icons. I don't want to go on to you like that. Show you my place off Caroline Street. Say hello to Alice Cooper. Why are you sitting on this? The craziest listeners on the planet. Tell them to take their job and shove it! Let it out. Come on home to Papa. I can't do it, Daddy. I can't deal with people. Uh, how old are you, Martha? Baby. Okay, let me hear you howl like a wild dog in here. Ow, 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 ow. Yeah, Grandma, see if you can get the whole family barking now. <laughs> Mr. Guest, are you of uh, Canadian extraction? Yes, sir. Is it uh, Dan Aykroyd? Dan Aykroyd! I saw Scarface a couple of times, and he's accepted the Brandmeier Challenge today. He's going to cut his leg off now. Oh. Put the phone right to the speaker. Okay. Help me, I'm exploding. The key words to win. The greatest collection of celebrity interviews in the history of radio. Brian Cranston, Emmy-nominated actor. The dad from Malcolm in the Middle is making meth in the desert. Sammy Davis calling in. Jim Brewer. Drew Barrymore. Go play and just enjoy life. Dennis Rodman, how you doing, buddy? Steve Carell. Well, you know the weird thing about being on a roll is that you know at some point you will stop rolling. <laughs> no. You are the man. You are Ozzy Osbourne. Paul Rudd is here. That acting thing's going pretty good for you, though, right? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> 
Let's not get too crazy. Uh, Nicholas Cage. Jimmy Fallon. Oh, we just saw you in the credits. You were first up. Like, I should be number one. Right, right. Like, right. it's alphabetical order. <laughs> right. The one and only Ed McMahon. Kevin Costner's on the line. I'm going to give you, like, an A plus because I like the whole arc of our relationship. Tina Fey. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Tony Bennett, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Jonathan. Yes, sir. I'm enjoying this so much. Yeah. Is it possible that we could have a tape of this show? I'd love to save it. I really mean it. Yeah. You, you do a tremendous job. You certainly could have a tape of this. James Franco. Seth Rogen. What are you doing on the cover of GQ? What am I doing? But on the cover, there was a mistake. Jimmy Kimmel. The one and only, Jai Jacques It's Jerry Seinfeld. One of the characters in the show is supposed to be dying of cancer. Now that's, uh, I think that's 2020. Billy Joel's with us. Well, it's Duff, it's Axel, and it's Slash in studio. Bruce Willis, ladies and gentlemen. You're on the cover of this one. Am I? You and uh, the Miami Vice girl. What's your name, Olivia? Olivia, yeah. Is that your woman now? No. <laughs> no yeah, not, not while you're in Chicago, anyway. Oh, hey, Jamie Foxx. The legendary <laughs> Milton. Hey, was... Don King, how are you, buddy? I think you're fabulous. You're doing a great job. And I'm just delighted to have Don and the privilege of being with the great Johnny B. Oh, God bless you, Don. Robin Williams. Dennis Hopper in the studio. All right, Ike Turner, ladies and gentlemen. Johnny B. Johnny B. Opens the, opens vault. the vault. And unleashes a torrent of over 30 years of the most entertaining radio the world has ever heard. Join the madness. Look at him now. The only reason I've been hanging out with you guys is because you have free ball. You need to hear the history to see the future. Chicago's Adam Vince Vaughn. I just want to say, John, but I grew up listening to you. I was always a big fan of yours. Good morning. Meet Jonathan Brandmeier soon. And as well as that, I'll talk to the Hollywood scriptwriter, Ken Levine. Find out about the shows he's worked on since he was a writer on MASH. It's all happening on a program which is basically just a list of 20 podcasts for you to listen to as you self-isolate after your Spanish holiday. Into the chart now, and at number 20, The Infinite Monkey Cage, a witty, irreverent look at the world through scientists' eyes with Brian Cox and Robin Ince. At 19, Newscast, news that's not boring, brought to you by Adam Fleming with the BBC's best journalists and other people who know what they're talking about. At number 18, The Jonathan Brandmeier Showcast. Johnny B is a Chicago radio legend and a member of the Radio Hall of Fame, and I can check in with him now on Zoom. There we go, brother. The Mac attack is on. There he is. Okay, I can take these off. Hold on. There you go. Gee, Mac, have you been doing this for a while with the Zoom stuff? Yeah. Because we've got this, this this whole virus situation, I've been interviewing different people via Zoom. Yeah. And the great thing with lockdown is so many more people are available. I had Alan Alda on the show a couple of weeks ago, and I wouldn't normally get him. Yeah, that I, I really enjoyed that interview with Alan Alda. I think he's one of the he's one of the classiest guys in the business. He I, he was at the Hall of Fame Awards. I saw him in New York. Oh, okay. He was there. And, yeah. And he came up and hugged me and he said to me, he said, you are a ball of fire. 
He's right, Johnny. You are a boil of fire. But that's enough to drive a man like to say, that's it. I, Alan Alda said some nice things to me. I thought that was cool, but I loved your interview with him. And uh, he has, uh, is it Parkinson's? Is that what it is? Yeah, he's got Parkinson's now. I think he's had it about five years, but it hasn't slowed him down at all. He's doing that podcast. Have you heard his podcast that he does no, clear not. and vivid? Oh, he's interviewed people like Tom Hanks and oh, he's just great. McCartney. He's doing a really yeah. good show there, that, that, that thing. I would have to say, if you're Alan Alda and you can't get a good guest on, you've really got problems. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah you've yeah. got a problem. So, I mean, look, you're stuck with me. So, this is the way it goes for you. Johnny, you're a hero. So, it's good to, it's good to have you on. Yeah. Hero? How, how, could yeah. I be, how, how am I a hero? I don't understand that. You're a, ra you're a radio hero. I, I, you know, visited Chicago many times. And every time I visited, you were on the loop. And I listened and I said to my wife, I said, this guy is incredible. And so then uh, later, internet radio came along. So I'd listen to you on the internet on, on various stations through the years. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then, then I was in, I should talk about the first time we met. It was, it, okay, it was, I'm going to say it was, a boot camp. Yeah, it was, that that's is? it. It was 2015. It was a thing called the morning show boot camp. It was in a hotel in Chicago. I forget which one. Yeah. And you were about to do your syndicated show on Westwood one. Mm -hmm. And so they had this room full of radio people from all over the world, yeah. mostly the U S and Canada. And uh, Mike McVeigh, who was boss of Cumulus, who owned Westwood One, I think, was, <laughs> he, he was putting on a session. Yeah. He was putting on a session to introduce us to Jonathan Brandmeier because you're about to do this new syndicated show. Mm -hmm. And so we're all there, and it's the last day of the conference. And the conference had been plagued, as radio conventions usually are, with bad sound from the. <laughs> from, the from the. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. The, the the sound is bad and, and Mike is doing this whole big intro about Johnny B and Radio Legend and Hall of Fame and the whole thing and the mics cutting in and out and stuff yeah. and then <laughs> a heckler at the back of the room starts abusing uh, Mike McVeigh who's like one of the main people in in the US radio one of the main figures who, who who runs a group of radio stations and this guy's going this is ridiculous this is supposed to be this is supposed to be a, an audio thing and you can't even get the sound right and what's going on here whatever and he walks up to the stage and everyone in the room's going like wow this is really embarrassing and it was you <laughs> well Graham isn't that a fact? Here, here's a guy who's he's not fired, who's supposed to be, and who isn't, who's supposed to be in, in radio. We're in radio. These are conventions, Graham says. It's a radio convention of radio people who do radio, which I believe, if I am correct, it's audio. Audio. Yeah. And he's up there. Anyway, I want to What the hell is going on? And I hate long introductions. I hate any of that stuff anyway. I'm not comfortable with any of that. And you know that I was asked to do that. It was called for ladies and gentlemen who are not in the business. It's like a boot camp. And you're supposed to go there and tell people how to do radio or whatever it is. And I, yeah. It's, they would ask me a lot, almost every year, every other year. Could you just come and talk? To, I said, that is so arrogant, arrogant for me to stand up there and tell you in the audience how to do a radio show because if you're really doing a radio show or in this case a podcast or a stream or whatever it is you do these days you just got to do what's in your head don't let anyone tell why would jonathan brandmeyer tell you how to do a radio show i don't know shit.
I just knew well, we, we, well, we wanted to hear from someone who's a Hall of Famer. We wanted to hear a guy who's won Marconi Award. We wanted to hear from you, Johnny. But you could, uh, and yeah. to, to this day, <laughs> it's the only time I've been to an event where the star of the event has been heckled by himself. <laughs> you you heckled your own show. Yeah. I've never seen that before. That's how smart I am. I just heckle <laughs> my own self. Oh my God. Jonathan Brandmeier and the podcast is called The Jonathan Brandmeier Showcast. It's at number 18 this week. More from Johnny on the way. A lot of people get into radio and shorten their name. Johnny made his longer. Find out why in a bit. At number 17, it's the Jordan B. Peterson podcast. Join the intellectual phenomenon Jordan B. Peterson and his daughter Michaela for enlightening discourse that will change the way you think. 16 is the Football Weekly from The Guardian. Puns and punditry, news and analysis from the Premier League and beyond. At number 15 this week, Hollywood and Levine from the Hollywood scriptwriter Ken Levine. In the 70s and early 80s, Ken, you were a writer on MASH. Did you go directly to Cheers after that? No. Um, from there, we had uh, a couple of development deals, which meant back then a studio would pay you a lot of money to be exclusive to them, and you could only write pilots for them. If they had series, you could only write series for them. Uh, we did that for a few years. We had one pilot that got produced but didn't get on the air. We lost out to something called Pink Lady and Jeff. And... Um, then we had another couple of pilots that we were paid for, but didn't get made. And then I got a call from James Burroughs, and Jimmy had been one of the directors of the Tony Randall show. So we knew, to we knew Jim through Tony, and he called and said, you know, I'm partnering up with the Charles brothers, and we have a series. Would you guys like to produce it with us? And my first thought was, well, we're creating our own shows. What do we need to go back and do someone else's? But we said, as a courtesy to, to Jimmy, sure, send us the script. And we read the script and we said, this is fantastic. The Charles brothers are, are great. You bet we want to be a part of this. So we signed a board and produced the first year of Cheers. And it's interesting because now writing staffs have grown and swelled in number. Back in those days, that first year of Cheers, the writing staff was Glenn Charles, Les Charles, David Isaacs, and me. And one day a week, we had Jerry Belson for Punch-Up, and another day we had David Lloyd. And otherwise, it was just the four of us and various writers, some freelance people, and we wrote five episodes ourselves, and Glenn and Les wrote like four or five. And so that first year of Cheers, which, you know, not to sound too immodest, but I think is the best year of the series, not so much because of us, but because of Sam and Diane. And I, I think the first year of Cheers is the best year of the 11-year run. And was it while you were working on Cheers that you decided, okay, I want to be a baseball announcer now? We had, yes. So how do you fit that in? <laughs> we had, 
we had left Cheers to do the Mary Tyler Moore show in 1985. And after that was over, uh, you know, midlife crisis, I thought to myself, you know what? If I don't pursue this now, I never will. And I had a friend in college who did go the baseball announcing route and went through the minor leagues and wound up as one of the voices of the San Francisco Giants, Dave Glass. And I went to a Dodger Giant game, and there's Dave sitting up there in the booth right next to Vince Scully of the Dodgers. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to give this a try. So I got a tape recorder, and I went to the upper deck of Dodger Stadium and just started broadcasting games. Well, just into the tape recorder. Yeah, into my tape recorder. Meanwhile, I'm now back at Cheers. I'm consulting on Cheers, and David and I are writing on Cheers. David and I wound up writing 40 episodes of Cheers during the run. And um, after a couple of years of that, I sent tapes to some minor league teams. You know, I, I convinced my saintly wife, uh, wouldn't it be fun to spend a bucolic summer somewhere? And she said, like, okay. And I said, here's a list of all the minor league cities. There's like 125 of them. I said, you pick out only the places that you would like to go, and those are the only places I'll send my tape. And she checked off like 20. I was hoping she'd check off like 64. She checked <laughs> off 20, and I got three offers, including Syracuse, which is the AAA affiliate, the top minor league club of the Toronto Blue Jays. So we took that. But my wife was under the impression that Syracuse was more like the Berkshires. It would be more like Tanglewood and, you know, a lot of artists and theater. And it's salt mines and the GE factory. It's the opposite coast, too. Yeah, well, she's from New York, so she didn't okay. mind the opposite okay. coast. Yeah, yeah. She preferred the opposite coast. She still does. <laughs> so after a year of Syracuse... My wife basically said, look, if you have an affair, we can go to counseling and maybe work it out. If you want to go back to Syracuse, we're getting divorced. <laughs> okay. More with Ken Levine from the podcast Hollywood and Levine next week, when he'll give us more details about the movie he wrote for Tom Hanks. Back to the chart now, and at number 14, Nice White Parents. If you want to understand what's wrong with schools in the USA, you have to look at what is arguably the most powerful force in shaping them. White Parents. This is a five-part series from Serial Productions, brought to you by the New York Times. At number 13, Today in Focus from The Guardian, the podcast that brings you closer to Guardian journalism. Back to the chart in a bit right now. Let's catch up with this week's special guest, Chicago broadcasting legend Jonathan Brandmeier. Johnny, a lot of people, when they get into radio, shorten their names. You made yours longer. I mean, I shortened my name. My name used to be Graham McAteer. Hold on. Yeah. Let me hear that for a okay. second. Say, okay. it, say the full name in like you're really delivering it on the radio. Your full name. What, my... My full name is Graham McAteer. is my original name. Tell it like you mean it. Let me hear it. I'm going to shut my eyes and hear it come out like I'm listening to the radio. Okay. Okay, I'm on with Johnny B. I'm Graham McAteer. What's wrong with that? 
Well, well I, at the time, I was on the air in Australia, and I thought it was too clunky. So I shortened it. And many people in radio shorten their name. That's why so many radio presenters have two first names, yeah. like I do now. Yeah. Right? But you... You lengthened your name. Well, yes, this is weird that you bring this up because I just found a document which is really, really weird. My name, my Catholic name is John Brandmeier, B-R-A-N-D-M-E-I-E-R, right? John. So I was working in Wisconsin at W-O-S-H in Oshkosh. Please, I'm not bragging. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. You know, you know where Oshkosh is? No, you don't even know where it is, right? No, no it's, a little, it's a little town in Wisconsin. I grew up in Fond du Lac, which is 20 miles from uh, Oshkosh. So I'm at the station and I get an offer to work in, I'm still not bragging, Appleton, Wisconsin. Okay. Appleton, Wisconsin, which is maybe even smaller, but maybe 10 people more. And the guy, the general manager says to me, well, you're not going over there with your name. We, you've been on here for a year. You're not going to take what you did here and take your name over there. You got to change your name. I said, I'm not changing my name. What do, you, what do you mean? My dad will kill me. This is how old I was, like 15, 16 years old. He goes, my dad, my dad will kill me. And he said, well, change your first name then. And I said, to what? And he goes, how about Jonathan? And I said, Jonathan Brandmeier. All right. Uh, okay. And then we had a one sheet, no lie, one sheet of paper. I have that contract. And it said, I, Phil Robbins, general manager, WSH Oshkosh, give him the right to use the name John Brand, Jonathan Brandmeier signed me off and I went to Appleton, Wisconsin. That's why my name was elongated because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Is that this? But and everybody else shortens their name. Yeah. Johnny B makes his longer. And Johnny B, they just, people just started calling me that. You know, they just said Johnny B yeah. and Johnny B. So that was cool. Did you just have a siren go by your house? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, anything, anything could happen now. We're about to get raided. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, jeez. I mean, you know, honestly, honestly, do you know in this day and age what could possibly be knocking at your door? Jesus, it's unbelievable. No, I don't know. That's why I was wearing yeah. the mask when we first yeah. started because I don't want to I don't want to take any. I know we're 4,000 miles apart, but you know, I I had to wear this yesterday yes. when I had my hair cut. Yeah, you're lucky you got a haircut. Yeah, well, the, but the guy wouldn't let me in. He said, have you got a mask? And I said, no. And he said, if you pay me a pound, I'll sell you a mask. I'm wearing my so he made a pound from me before I got the mask. And I said to him, look, I don't know. <laughs> this is what I said to him. Look, he said, I, I said, I don't know if these masks do any good. And he said to me, look, put it this way. We said, first of all, he's not going to cut my hair unless I wear the mask. And he's wearing a, a thing like he's going to get out an angle grinder, not a pair of clippers, right? <laughs> so he, he says to me, here's why we wear a mask. He says, and this sounded creepy at first, imagine if you and I were naked. And I went, okay. And he went, and we're standing facing each other just a couple of feet apart. And I went, okay. Wow. And he goes, and I take a pee. And I went, yeah. And he went, you'd get pee on you. And I went, okay. Wow. He goes, now imagine if you were wearing trousers. And I went, yeah. And he went, if I take a pee, you'll get pee on your trousers. It won't be as bad. And I said, okay. Oh. He said, now imagine if we were both wearing trousers. And I said, yeah. And he said, and I take a pee. And it goes, he, won't, he says, I'll only get it on me and won't get it on you. Oh, my God. This is all before I had a haircut. That, I want to get my haircut there. <laughs> that that guy's nuts. Was he doing the? Uh, you're saying before he actually snipped into your head. Yeah, he was. He 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 was actually working on another guy who was having his hair cut with a mask on, and he he turned away to give me this story to sell me this mask for one pound, 
and then he agreed to. Well, then I had to wait downstairs, and then he, then he he agreed to cut my hair. I would think at, at that point, Graham is. I, I believe the first sentence of uh, if I were naked, I said, you know, what? <laughs> okay, Doctor Lane. Nice. Hey, imagine me naked. Oh, um, oh, you know what? Hold on, I got a call. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Imagine if I pissed on you. Okay. <laughs> I go, come on. You gotta be kidding me. That's uh, that. Oh, wow. Well, you look good, by the way. I can tell you that. Johnny's podcast is called the Jonathan Brandmeyer Showcast, and you can listen to him live every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. UK time when he records it, and then it goes out as a podcast the following day. Coming up, we'll talk about why broadcast radio is a horrible place to work. On the chart now at number 12, it's Guru, the dark side of entertainment. When tragedy strikes an exclusive retreat with a self-help superstar, many people are left to wonder just how far is too far. James Arthur Ray was an Oprah-endorsed self-help teacher who achieved fame, fortune and influence. But friends and family members of his followers questioned his unorthodox methods and tried to stop him. The Dark Side of Enlightenment is hosted by the journalist Matt Stroud. It's number 12 on the Pod 20 this week. At 11, Sword and Scale. This true crime podcast is an immersive audio experience covering the dark side of humanity and human nature. Back to my special guest podcaster now. Jonathan Brandmeier is on Zoom in Chicago. What is this, your, your home studio that you're in right now? Home studio. I don't know what you can see here because I have the green screen because we have to do that. You look like you're in prison right now. No, I'm actually in the wardrobe or what you would call a closet. Yeah. It works. It's soundproofing. Very nice. But, you know, we're set, we're set for it, right? Because who would ever imagine, Graham, that would happen like this, that we would be set for it, ready to go because... I wouldn't be going to a radio station. I wouldn't be going to anywhere to do a show. And we're set, full class, you know, so here, ready to go. Oh, wait, let me pull the mask on. Anyway, so I have the mask on now. Is this any different? Do you hear any difference in sound? Because it seems like it's right. Yeah, you're all muffled right now. What's going on? That's my fake mask on sound. Oh, that's your fake mask on sound. It sounds exactly like it. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, very good. Uh, thank you. Very good. Uh, but yeah, we're. I, I mean, you can do whatever you want wherever you want now, right? From your, from your, as you call it, your wardrobe room. It, it, that's what it is actually a walk-in wardrobe yeah. that uh, that we set up to do the show on podcast radio which yeah. is this new sh uh, station in london it's been going about six months i think and it's on the radio it's on the air in london it's on the air in manchester are we on here now yeah i want to move to london could i move to london no, how, and i'm being serious now how hard would it be to work on this and i want to hear about this pod what do you call it again podcast what podcast radio it's a radio station that plays podcasts is, What's you that? know Bean from Kevin and Bean? Kevin and Bean? Kevin and... That's right. He's a good friend of mine now. He moved to London and... I was, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and Bean is Bean is, uh, is, a, is a pod jock and he introduces the podcasts. He introduces mine. He introduces this show. Uh, Wait, what, Bean's a great... A pod jock? Pod jock, so he's just like a tracker? He just goes like, hey, it's Graham Mack now coming up. Here's Graham Mack. Yeah. Yeah. And then he usually says something insulting. I mean, last week he said... Um, he said if there was a statue uh, of Graham Mack in London, he says, I'm so sure somebody would push it over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jingle out. See, boys and girls in radio, now you jingle out. <laughs> yeah. You say something like that Bean just said, you just jingle out on that one. Yeah. I love that. 
Yeah. Drink a lot, man. Hit the hit the quarter hour, man. Don't forget the PPM. Just come on strong. I remember a guy, and it's a pretty well known. It actually, was uh, it was um, Bean's old boss and my old boss, Kevin Weatherly. Mm -hmm. He told me just be funny on the eights. All right. Why on the eights? Well, because that's when PPM started, and oh, and then they came, and we did that for a second, and then it became Jack FM. But it was like it, it's like going into a party, and someone says to you, "Hey, man." You know, do something crazy. Yeah. What? What are you talking about? I mean, it's just, they just took the lifeblood out of radio. They just took it out. It's like the fact that you and I could just sit here and babble is great. Yeah. It's just, it's fascinating to me. I think it's fascinating. I would move to London in a minute, but let me ask you this. So this show thing you do yeah. on this podcast network, whatever it is, yeah. uh, I thought you left radio. Thought you had you got booted out like I got booted out. I thought you yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got since last time we we spoke. Last time we spoke yeah. was on the air when you were on that Westwood One show. We yes. spoke on that show a couple of times. Okay. Since I spoke to you, which I think is only a couple of years ago, I've been fired twice. We're sitting here laughing about it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, whatever. It's radio. But but look at it, Johnny. For those who are outside the radio business, yeah, go ahead. Here's here, here's a couple of truths about radio business that might surprise people. It is the only job in the world where you are paid to talk, and the boss continually tells you to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I like that. Uh, that Graham Matt guy is fantastic. Uh, but if you two would just stop talking. <laughs> I would really appreciate it because it seems to be interrupting the music. Where else? I'm going to ask you this seriously, ladies and gentlemen. Where else can you get a Beatles song on the radio? You can't get them. They're going to play one for you if they would just shut their f***ing mouths. <laughs> yeah. That's and a, and it's, it's a business. It's a business. And this might shock people as well. Where you take a guy who gets a job as an air personality. Yeah. And mm -hmm. the ones that suck at being air personalities, they get to be promoted to be the boss. Yeah. <laughs> and then right. the people who do not know how to be good air personalities because they sucked at it, yeah. then they start coaching, coaching people yeah. who do know how to do it. Yeah. And they, so there is no way this thing can possibly work if the people who make the decisions are the people who failed. Yeah. Surely it, the people who should succeed should be the ones in charge. Hallelujah, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Graham Mack has said the, the, everything you just said is the Bible. It's unbelievable. And you know what the radio people today are really, really good at? The management, they're really good at doing everything they can to keep their own jobs. That's to their job. That's their, only, that's, their, that's their only goal is to keep their job. They fail up. It's weird. Yeah. You go like this. Well, that guy's fired. We talked about some people earlier and we're like, how, wait a minute. How'd that guy get another job? And they just keep going. And you're right. Now they're consultants. Consulting what? Consult this. Jonathan Brandmeier. And we'll talk more about how consultants ruined broadcast radio a little bit later on. It's the Pod 20. I'm Graham Mack and we're counting them down. We're into the top 10. At number 10, it's Law, a bi-weekly podcast about dark historical tales. At nine, Desert Island Discs. And Lauren Laverne's castaway this week is the writer, actor and producer Sharon Horgan. 
My guest this week is the broadcaster and podcaster Jonathan Brandmeier, live from Chicago every Saturday at 4pm and then the following day it becomes a podcast, the Jonathan Brandmeier Showcast. We just started talking about how radio consultants came into the radio business and they tell experienced presenters how to do their jobs. Well, I don't, I don't know. I got to tell you something. The only thing I can say is that I always had fun doing it. And yeah. uh, and I was allowed to do what I wanted to do to a degree. Yeah. And when you stop doing that, when they start adjusting, when the consultants are listening to the sponsors and the sponsors are running radio, yeah. then you know you've got a problem. You know, yeah. there's just a way to do it. You, just, you can do it. But you just, it, I, I don't know. It's like, Really, it's not brain surgery. Just open it up, let good people on, let them talk, have some fun. And you can find music anywhere. I mean, really, come on with this. You know what yeah. I mean? You can find it anywhere, pretty much. But uh, when I was, uh, the last time I was in London, so go back to let me move to London. If I chose to move to London, yeah, would that be difficult in this in this environment? Do Can I live near your wardrobe room there, right inside the wardrobe? Yeah, of course room? you can. I mean, Bean, Bean has, has moved here from yeah. uh well he, he was on the end los angeles but he moved here from new orleans yeah. he's moved here but apart from the work he's got at podcast radio he has actually found it quite difficult to find radio work here yeah because they're a bit scared because he's successful and knows what he's doing <laughs> you know no, that really that, that really frightens that, them but that is my my question Graham. how would they why would they welcome a guy over there, I, how would I fit in? It's your, you know, to me, local radio. When I say local, you know, is the is the magic of radio. When you're talking about the place you're in, if I don't know anything about the place I'm in, I mean, well, is that a, that's a pretty I think, bad thing? I think, Johnny, you would notice things about London that Londoners have stopped noticing. Yeah. You would see things and talk about things on the air that people, just like great comedians, when when you go like. I, that, I, that's always happened. Though. I've never even thought yeah. about that. Yeah, that is kind of strange. You would pick up on all that. Yeah, so you know, we, you, know right. you would. No, I'm not saying that you're right. That's a compliment. I'm saying because I remember uh, when they offered me a job in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. So they said I was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Once again, not bragging. I went to uh, Phoenix and I said, I don't know anything about Phoenix. I can't go to Phoenix. But that talking about why are all these old people driving around in cars like this? Why are all these, they're blocking the traffic. I'm like, You're right. And then it became, hey, I didn't realize everyone is from someplace else in Phoenix. And they're all thinking the same thing. But in London, I don't know if that's the case. I mean, people yeah, I, just. I think, I think it work. I mean, I, I'm British, but I started on the radio in Australia. Yeah. And I was just, I was really open. I just went on the end and said, you know, look, I don't understand this. I don't, and like. You know, place names, a lot of Australian place names, those Aboriginal words. I, you know, they'd hand me a weather report and I'd be like, oh, the traffic. And I'd just yeah. go, look, you're going to have to help me out here. And the audience yeah. love helping you out. They'll ring you up. And, right. you know, what the first, first Australian radio station I worked on, 2PK Parks in the central west of New South Wales, five hours drive west of Sydney. And a lady rang up on my first show and she phrased it this way. She said, oh, you're our new announcer. She didn't say, oh, you're the new announcer. Yeah. Or she said, you're our new announcer. Yeah. Because the station in their mind belonged to them. Yeah. 
And that really tells you that that's why you're there. You're yeah. there for them. We, you, you, are, you belong to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's about. She said, you're our new announcer. I love that. So, yeah. I love that uh, story. And so I had the wrong accent and, yeah. and everything, but it worked. Yeah, I love that story because you're right. To me, it's, like, it's really what's always driven me is them. Them. Yeah. Whoever you are yeah. out there, if they're calling in, they always take me in places I never think to go. And they're always funnier and more entertaining. And I always let them be entertaining. If you're starting to think this is like, I got to do a big show for you, you know, then you're, you're done. Let them, let them. One of the greatest yeah. things about your show is the loon line. Look, they're crazy. They're all nuts. <laughs> yeah. Well, just like Johnny and the Legend Suits, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, we're all crazy in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, you are. Still um, that's what it is. All these years. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Stir crazy after all these years. Right. I mean, I don't know, yeah. but I'm, I'm stir crazy. Okay. I, but right now not be a good idea to move to London because I was going to, um, try to become a beef eater, but I see where they're laying those people. Well, off. yeah, they're, they're uh, laying them off too. They're having uh, that's not a great career move to be a beef eater. No. Beef eater. And, and there's a big vegan movement as well, which isn't helping. Oh them. no, no, no. <laughs> oh yes, indeed. I'm definitely a beef eater from Wisconsin. What do these beef eaters do? They stood uh, in a bridge or something. What do they do? I'm not clear on well, it. Well, the thing is the tower of London used to be a jail. Yeah. So the beef eaters, the yeoman guards, as, as they're called, they're the guards of the jail. The okay. thing is, it hasn't been a jail for a couple of hundred years. So they've actually been doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> they've been milking it for a while. Yeah, they've yeah. suddenly got found out. <laughs> yeah. You talk about, we're getting laid on radio. We're getting fired every other day. People losing their jobs, unemployment line. But the beef eaters just standing there. Anybody <laughs> yet? Anybody knows we're, we're still here? 500 years, I see. Wait, wait, what's that like? Power of London beef feeders facing redundancies. Redundancies. Oh, for the first time in 500 years. Yeah, it's not been a jail for hundreds of years, so they had a good run, the beef feeders. I don't know why they're complaining now that they've suddenly been found out and there really is nothing for them to do. Jonathan Brandmeier, the podcast is called the Jonathan Brandmeier Showcast. You can listen to him do it live every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. at brandmeiershow.com. That's 4 p.m. UK time. It's 10 a.m. in Chicago. And then the following day, it becomes a podcast. This is the Pod 20. I'm Graham Mack, counting down the top 20 podcasts. And we're up to number eight, which is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. At seven, No Such Thing as a Fish, the podcast from the writers of QI. And Jonathan Brandmeier, you're a Chicago radio legend. You had 14 years as the top-rated star of The Loop in Chicago. And now you've got this new online show, which has gone global. We had one listener who says here, uh, Johnny, you're live in London. Just to let you know I'm hearing you loud and clear on my laptop in London. Great. We have one listener, one listener in London. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, I mean, they, they won't know the things you do. They won't know about the Hall of Fame. They won't know about 14 years at the loop. We, they won't know about, they won't know that you appeared with Mary Tyler Moore in a TV movie. <laughs> Thank you. What was that like? That, that was honestly, that was fantastic. I just enjoyed that immensely. And uh, she, I, I don't think anyone could be kinder than that woman. But I don't know if you're familiar. Are you familiar with the movie Ordinary People where Mary Tyler yes. Moore yelled yes. at, uh, I think it was Timothy Hutton, and said, give him the goddamn camera when they were trying to take a family picture with Tim, uh, with uh, Donald Sutherland and Timothy Hutton and taking the picture. So I got to see that person for one minute. We were doing a scene 
And uh, I was doing the morning show, preparing for a concert. We were in Los Angeles. And um, I, I just kind of lost track for that one moment in time doing the scene. And I kept coming in and screwing my lineup and coming in and screwing my lineup. And then she just goes, can we just take, she tells the director, we're just going to take a break for a second. She goes, come here for a second. She puts her arm around me. I would kind of walk out the door and she goes, get your act together. <laughs> wow. Harry So I go, oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. So we go out and nailed it. But then as we went on in the production of Thanksgiving Day, which they call it... Um, Something else in Europe, they call it, it still shows up. I still get a check for $5.90 or whatever it is. They call it something else. But we went on, and then whenever there was a lull in the set, I would just go, well, light the goddamn camera! Or get her the goddamn camera! And then she started to laugh, and she sent me lovely notes. We've had her in the show many times. She was delightful. But also, I remember the very first time we had a table read, and there's Joe Bologna, there's Tony Curtis. Think of Tony Curtis. Tony wow. Curtis. Tony Curtis is standing there. We went outside for a break once, and Tony Curtis and I are standing in the NBC building in front of the NBC building in Burbank. And there's a sidewalk there, and he's talking about this, talking about that. And a girl walks by, a really beautiful girl walks by, and Tony goes, just a second. He walks away, and then he comes back, and he goes, dinner tonight. I said, how, how did you do? What, you just, what? Did you know her? He goes, no, I'm Tony Curtis. <laughs> to God, Graham, I swear, he went like this. She walked past us. He's like, just a second, I'll be right back. Goes back, got her card, and then, uh, dinner tonight. Oh, you know. Tony Curtis. I'm Tony Curtis. Wow. Yeah, but we go wow. for the first table read, though. So all those people, Joe Bologna, uh, now passed away, uh, Tony Curtis, um, Sonny Bono. <laughs> Sonny Bono. Wow, wow. Yes. Sonny's in. That's what I see. Now you're getting excited. Sonny Bono. Uh, Mary Tyler Moore, of course, and some other great actresses, some um, character actors you've seen in many movies. And so the very first time, and I hadn't seen Mary, and Mary walks in, we're all sitting down, and they go, okay, and then Mary starts the first words, and I'm the next line. Johnny? Johnny? Brandmeier? I go, I, because I just heard Mary Tyler Moore read, and I was like, <laughs> she's right next to me, reading, and I'm gonna, no, I get to talk. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was something. I loved every minute of it, except if you can probably imagine waiting around on a movie set, it's kind of boring. Yeah, especially for radio people. I made a, I made a TV commercial for, for my morning show once when I was on at TFM. It was a 30-second TV spot. There we go. Yeah. And it took 12 hours to shoot. I was there at 6 in the morning yeah. and left at 6 in the evening for 30 seconds. TV takes and movies take so long. Unbelievable. With radio, you know, it's like you have an idea, get the sound effect, bang, you're done. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's on there. I do like that. I like that you're right about that. It's like, oh my God, we're going to do this from now, this angle, this angle. I got to do one time, there was a show called Crime Stories on NBC and uh, I, they flew me to Acapulco to do one scene and I was supposed to be, when I got there, they told me, here's what you're going to do. You're going to be the Mexican sheriff and you're going to find this dead hooker and you're going to say you're sorry to this guy's family. I this guy, you're going to say you're sorry. So we get there, we get on the set and the guy goes, okay, let's go. Action. And I go like this. Okay. And uh, so I walk up to the dead, the dead hooker in Crime Story, and I go, and, and the dad is there. He's crying. He's the great actor, whoever it was. And I go, I'm very sorry about your daughter, sir. Very sorry. Heck 
Hey, hey, hey. Could someone tell the uh, the DJ that he's a Mexican sheriff? <laughs> Speak Spanish. And I go, I don't know any Spanish. It was a, it was a show with Dennis Farina. Dennis Farina. Dennis Farina, Chicago guy, comes over and goes, come here. Back off. He says to the director, back off. And he goes, just go there. Come here. Somebody teach him Spanish. And this is, lo siento de señor, de amiga señor. Lo siento, something like that. Cut, action. I do that one line. Lo siento de señor. Whatever I had to say, that one sentence. That's all I had to say. They taught it to me. They teach it to me. What a waste of time. And then they go, all right, stick around. This is 11 at night. I'm in Acapulco at Las Brisas Hotel at the time, which is a really nice place. And uh, they go, stick around for your clothes. So we're going to do that around midnight. I walked into the, the trailer where they had the clothing. I had my sheriff's outfit on. I took it off and I said, I took a cab back to the hotel. So I'm not going to yeah. wait around to go. No, I'm not doing that. You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. That stuff's ridiculous. But I, those guys who do it, that's, you know, they always think it's easy. It's not that easy. To be yeah, that, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's Jonathan Brandmeier, Chicago broadcasting legend. I'm Graham Mack. This is the Pod 20 on Podcast Radio. It's the countdown of the top 20 podcasts. We're up to number six, which is revisionist history, Malcolm Gladwell's journey through the overlooked and misunderstood. At five, Freakonomics Radio, discover the hidden side of everything with Stephen J. Daubner, co-author of the Freakonomics books. My guest is the Chicago radio legend, Jonathan Brandmeier, who now has an online radio show that goes out at 4pm UK time on Saturdays at brandmeiershow.com and is also a podcast the next day. So, Johnny, how does the show make money? I, <laughs> wait a second, got to make a note of this. How does the new show make money? Yeah. yeah now you're not so funny, are you, smartass? Because <laughs> you're not making any money. Yeah, answer his f***ing question. Okay, hold on a minute. <laughs> um, I do not know. I haven't the slightest idea, and the one thing I kept saying was, we're building the plane while we're flying it. Yeah. So we're in yeah. a plane, we're in it, we're flying it, but I don't know where it's going to go. And some, it's thrilling, and yet for uh, you know the family, yeah, it's fun, isn't it? Fun when you don't make any money, isn't it, honey? Oh, yeah, Lisa, it is. Okay, so... um. Yeah, how I don't know what there's things out there. You know, we're seeing all these big deals going down and this and that. I don't know what to do. I was offered a couple of radio stations that, you know, I could put my stuff on. And I thought, I don't know what I want to do with that. Then I was just offered, can you take your archives and just, you know, use those? But I didn't want to do that with just old stuff. I wanted to bring out, you know, new stuff, do, do new shows. So I have like 30 plus years of digitized archives that... um were done by the same guys that did Howard Stern's uh, Sternthology, all yeah. of his digitation. And the production on the, 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 the archive show you ran the other week, the, the production yeah. on that, that big segment at the beginning that put it all together, the career and everything, so that's well those done. Guys, that's so those guys, good. Yeah. 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 David Height, uh, Davmar, they call themselves. They, then they only did it for me and Howard. And uh, it's so good the way, because they, they go, you don't, have any idea how many things you have in here, do you? You have no idea what you've done. I said, not the slightest. <laughs> and we, when we do those shows, those instant request shows, we do a, a show where the people will say, hey, I remember when you did this thing, you put that guy in a barrel and a bull yeah, pushing around. Yeah. Then we go together and we go, I, we listen together and I go, what? Wait a minute. That's not how I remember it, you know? So it's, that's kind of fun, Grab, to do that. But yeah, we have the archives. Uh, we have the live show. We have stuff that we're going to probably be start, starting to do very soon on YouTube. 
Yeah, um, great, more, great. More visual, more crazy stuff. So I think there's a, it's a great world we're living in. It really is. And if anything um, good could come out of it, I guess we were in the right place at the right time. And I just decided to build this studio because everybody kept telling me they're going to be either the last guy told me we're building the studio for you. And then they never got back to me. One guy said, I'm leasing the studio to you that I could build my own studio in, but he never got back to me. Right. So I just woke up one day and I go, this is ridiculous. I have to take control of this. I have to do this myself. And I didn't know anything about it. There was no pandemic in sight. I just had it ready to go. And when it would hit and I couldn't get out and I couldn't get out, I go, we're, we're just doing it now. But there's no plan. You don't have a plan. There's no, we have to have a plan. I go, here's the plan. I'm going to tweet out one thing. Excuse me. I, we Facebook and our email database. We just went out and we just said, hey, we're live tomorrow. Yeah, I got the email. You're not dreaming. We're streaming. You're not dreaming. We're streaming. And you also, I think in that email, you sent me a Johnny Beast, a wireless for the virus. <laughs> yeah. Wireless for the virus. Bram back. Yeah. You're one of the good guys, man. I really like you. I really enjoy you. I think you're talented as hell. And um, the London and the radio, whoever they have you, uh, whoever has you working with them, I should be happy to have you. I'm telling you, you're one of the good ones. Johnny, it's a, it's a pleasure to talk to you. You've been a major influence on my radio career. You are just a shining light in a, in a shit industry, really. You are really just a beacon of hope for us all. Uh, the Jonathan Brian Meyer Showcast, it goes out live on Saturdays at 10 a.m. in Chicago, 4 p.m. in the U.K. It's also a podcast. Get everything you need to know at brandmeyershow.com. <laughs> Grandma! Grandma is back with an attack! More from Johnny B in just a bit. It's the Pod 20. I'm Graham Mack as we count down the top 20 podcasts and we're getting near the top of the chart now. At number four, Grounded with Louis Theroux. At three, the Joe Rogan Experience. Joe's latest guest is the singer, songwriter, rapper and record producer Post Malone. Let's check back in with Jonathan Brandmeier, who's a Chicago broadcasting legend. And now he's building an international broadcasting empire from his own home. It's a brave new world, Johnny. Do you think that you had more fun doing live radio than doing uh, the podcast or doing stuff that you've been fooling? Yeah, I can, see, I can see why your new show that you've decided yeah. instead of doing a recorded podcast and putting it out, yeah. you do a live show which goes out here. It's Saturday afternoon about 4 p.m. I know it's, it's 11. Is it yeah, 11, 10 a.m. Uh, 10 a.m. Yeah. 10 a.m. in Chicago yeah. is 4 p.m. here, and so you can listen to it live, and that really is the best when I can catch it live. I listen to podcasts if I miss it, but the, the live thing, it, radio is live. It's a live yeah. medium, and the people calling up, and you don't know what's going to happen. I once went to a convention with, uh, it was in New York. It was a talk convention, and a guy called Mike Francesca. Francesca, he's a talk show. He's a sports guy. Sports guy. Very, very good. And I interviewed him for a, for a podcast, and he said to me that the top-rated shows on US TV are award shows and sports shows. Yeah. And he said the reason for that is because you don't know what the outcome's going to be. Yeah. 
And that's what radio, live radio is. Yeah. You listen because you don't know what's going to happen next. And you listen to your show, you really don't know what's going to happen because next. Because I don't, Graham. I, I don't. <laughs> and you just, you don't know because I just feel like, and people will say to me, and I got a lot of this in my ear, you know, I'm sure you got a lot of people telling you what you should do, what you shouldn't do. You know what? Why do you have to do it live? Just do a podcast. I said, because there's something, you get a feeling. It's a feeling. I've been doing this since I was 15. You go into the studio and you crack that mic and you don't know what's, you know, oh, look at this story. Oh, I love this story. I'm going to do this one now instead of the one I planned out to do. You know what I mean? And you're right. It's like walking a tightrope. It's exciting. And you know what else it's I love exciting. about it? It's exciting. It's done. When it's done. Yeah. It's No done. editing. No editing. <laughs> Just goodbye. See you tomorrow. It may have sucked, but guess what? I may try again tomorrow. I might suck tomorrow, but exactly. I hope it doesn't. Yeah. I, just, yeah, yeah. I love live radio. I just love it. I miss it. I think it's great. So that's why you can bring it to the stream and do it the way you want. Yeah. And people seem to be gravitating towards it. So that's kind of nice to know that they kind of get, and, and in this environment, they need a guy like you. They need people who can give them some sort of, uh, you know, a little fun. Yeah. That's it's, 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 it's yeah, it's, they, they, they've sucked all the fun out of it. And, and they, yeah. they've these formats and stuff and you know where they, and, and a lot of times you're given this, this format where you've got to do this here and then in the clock here, and then you've got, two minutes and you got 30 seconds in and you got to hit this hard thing out here and whatever and i said to a boss once i said you know what you're doing you're strangling it yeah you got to give it air and let it breathe yeah. because if you if you take that air away from it it just loses something and becomes almost predictable it's a formula yeah. and you can see why guys who don't know how to do it which are the guys that become the bosses you see why <laughs> they like the formula yeah. right because right. they would think that's heaven yeah. Wow, great. You're going to tell me exactly where to say stuff and whatever. But for guys like, like Jonathan Brandmeier, you're strangling it. You, you've yeah. got to give it air and let it breathe. I will yeah. tell you, you, I mean, what you're saying today is just like so dead on. It's sort of like um, I, I, I always suck, really, really suck when someone is telling me what to do and when to do it. And the perfect example is my TV show. I had a TV show called Johnny Be on the Loose. People, maybe nobody ever saw it. I don't know. What I, it's bits of it are on YouTube. Yeah, yes, are on, I yeah, yeah. And I, I literally remember going out there and just staring at the camera like, because I said no to it 10 times. I hung up on Fred Silverman, one of the biggest program directors in television. I decided I'm not doing it. I'm not doing this show five days a week. I got concerts. I got a radio show. I don't want to do it. I remember being in a meeting at NBC and I was saying, um, they were all talking about my big special at the Chicago Theater introduced me on network television on NBC. Remember, Brandon Tartikoff brought me in. Fred Silverman brought me in. Those are two of the biggest guys in television. So I'm thinking, I'm in good hands. Yeah. We get in this room and they're all saying, well, we could bring Phil Collins in, drop him in with a piano. I'm not making some of this stuff up. Uh, we could bring him in. We could fly the piano in and then bring Phil Collins down. We could bring this guy in. We could bring that guy in. I, can go, I know I can get Letterman to come on and maybe do something. They're saying stuff like that. And then everybody's talking, 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 talking. And then they said, so, Johnny, what do you think about it? And there's silence. And I just go, uh, well, it just seems to me like we're spending a lot of money on stuff for me and people don't even know who I am. Maybe just as we just take that money and do a local show like Oprah did. She just started in Chicago. She did a Chicago show. Yeah. yeah went Let, worldwide. Let's see, what, let's see what happens after that. Let's just, and there's silence in the room. You can see, I remember all the eyes are looking around all you. And he goes, why don't you and your partner, they point to me and Fred Silverman. Why don't you and your partner go out and talk about it? Now we're in the NBC Burbank building. It's hallways up and down. 
quiet environment. Fred walks out. You know, if you know the story about Fred, he's now departed. Right. But he uh, yelled a lot. Right. <laughs> and uh, we just didn't see I, I did the Sonny and Cher show. I mean, he was on Time Magazine Programmer of the Year. You know, he was, he's a big, big man, big historical guy. I give him nothing but credit for that. He puts his arm around me. He goes, wow. We're walking down the hall and NBC. He goes, you are, you're a real negotiator. You, you really are. We come in with the national television special. And we walk out with the f***ing local show. <laughs> and, wow. and all the heads popped out of the hallway doors. What? what? What's going That's how loud he was. That's how loud he was. We went back in and joined the meeting. We said, this, look, we're going to talk more about it. And that was the end of it. That's, that was it. And we did the special. We did it. And it got killer reviews. Right. Guess how many hours that took? To do one show, one 60-minute show, took three straight days. Wow. Three straight days. Wow. So I wrote a letter. I wrote a note to Tartikoff, Brandon Tartikoff. I said, this is not what I signed on for. We were supposed to be, because I had just done the late show. I filled in for Joan Rivers for a couple of weeks. And everyone was trying to offer me a television job. And so I go, okay. And uh, I said, Brandon, this is not what I signed on for. I thought it was going to be like live, like the late show on Fox was. We were live on national television at eight o'clock at night. Think about that. Live. That's what drove me. Yeah. It was live. I was like, oh, this is wild. I'm, and 44 minutes later, it was done. Goodbye. That's the radio vibe. That's what television was. But I said, no. And then Brandon said to me, in effect, I have the facts. Because it's on wax facts, you know, that old wax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that. He said, um, just bear with Fred. Just bear with us, for Fred, for a while. Syndication means, and he wrote $4 sign. Syndication means blah, 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 blah. And uh, I'll take care of Fred. Okay. Then he got into an accident. Brandon did. He and his uh, daughter. And I've uh, never heard from him again. He joined Paramount, was the head of Paramount Productions. And that was the end of it. And then my show went on. Fred said, we sold your show to uh, Natby. What show? You know, the special we did. We sold it. And you're going to be on five nights a week. Guess what time I'm going to be on? 6 p.m. Access television here in the United States. 6 p.m. is Wheel of Fortune. Right. <laughs> Me running around with hidden cameras and a dog in my hand, answering Korean restaurants, if you can cook this dog for me. At 6 p.m. Oh my God, you knew that was going to fail. Why would we even waste our time? I just, I hated every second of it, but there was some weird stuff that came out of it. And it's like you said, some of it shows up on YouTube and, and um, some comics will come in and talk with me and they'll say, I just saw that thing, man. I really like this. Like, okay, maybe like two bits we did stuck out out of six weeks, but it was, uh, it was an experience. Jonathan Brandmeier, and you can catch him live 4 p.m. on Saturdays at brandmeiershow.com and it becomes a podcast the next day. This is the Pod 20 and we're right at the top of the chart. At number two this week, last week's number one, the Joe Wicks podcast, which means we have a brand new number one this week. Shagged, married, annoyed. The only way Rosie and Chris Ramsey can have a conversation without being interrupted by a toddler or ending up staring at their phones is by doing a podcast. That's it for episode 14 of the Pod 20. I'm Graham Mack, and thanks to this week's guest podcasters, Ken Levine and Jonathan Brandmeier. If you'd like to watch extended Zoom chats with all my guests, check out my YouTube channel and subscribe. There's a little thing to click in the bottom right-hand corner. 
Next week's guest is Sam Walker. For 16 years, you heard her on BBC Radio, including BBC Radio 5 Live. Sam has gone on a big adventure, moving with her husband and her two kids to Arizona. And she talks about her experiences in Sam Walker's Desert Diaries. Yes. <laughs> but really, it was... I, I mean, the, the three months before we left the UK, I don't remember much of. Don't, you know, you've moved countries. You know what moving countries is like. No, it's a big... They've done it twice, yeah. It's... I'm moving to a country where we didn't really know anyone, which was a long way away, which was so completely different. There was, I mean, it was, it was incredibly hard and I was berserk. And it was really only about a week before I left. Phil Tro from BBC Radio Manchester said to me, would you do me like a few minutes every week and just tell me how you're getting on? Because I think, you know, the audience would really like to know how you are because I'd worked for Radio Manchester for many, many, many years done most of the shows there at some point or another and he said i just think they'd like to know how you're getting on do you want to do that and i went yeah okay and i could just about cope with recording five minutes a week and i would just send him that audio but i kept it all and in my head i was like i must make a podcast of this I must make a podcast of this and was and there then, an influence was it was it was it maybe you know, a letter from america or anything like that it was the was there something you had in mind when you envisaged how you were going to do it? No, I just thought I want to be authentic. I want to tell the truth. I didn't want to make out it was something it wasn't. I, it, and by that, I mean, I didn't want to go, look at me. How cool am I? I've moved to the other side of the world. Woo. It was a, gosh, this is something I wanted to do for ages. And now it's actually happening. And I'm really scared. I'm really scared. And I'm scared it might not work out. And I'm scared I might be lonely. And I'm scared... I'll make a mistake and I'm scared it'll all go wrong and I'll regret it. And I just was really, really honest because I thought that was really my only criteria. I thought I just want to share what I'm going through in a way. And, and I wasn't ever going to pretend I just glided into this life easily and go, oh, yeah, I'm just totally down with what's happening in the States here. You know, it was so difficult. And I felt, like I said, a, you know, a fish out of water so many times and, and all the rest of it. And, I thought, just be honest. But then, you know, for <laughs> better or worse, the audio gods were smiling and lots of crazy things happened, which made for very good audio and a very, very difficult time. Uh, you know, I did have someone <laughs> who I know an acquaintance from England at some point email me and go, I'm really, really, really sorry you're going through this, but my God, it's really good audio. <laughs> It is, it is like that. If, you, if you're in a, a situation where you're making a podcast like that, or even if you're doing a breakfast show where you share things, something goes wrong in your life, and for a second you go, oh, I can't believe this. And then you think, oh, actually, this is my quite a good bit, though. You know? <laughs> totally. It's so true. It, there was a song that was on the radio all the time when we moved here, and I'm going to be rubbish and not remember the name of the band or anything now, but it was on all the time on the radio station where Ian used to work. And uh, it started off and it was, it was basically like, oh, I remember the day that uh, I, I fell over and I twisted my ankle so I missed the bus and didn't make it to the job interview. I remember that show we played where only two people showed up. And I remember that time when my girlfriend dumped me in the middle of the restaurant in front of all my friends. Lucky me, lucky me. And you're like, lucky me, what? And then it comes to the chorus and the chorus says, a hundred bad days make a hundred good stories and a hundred good stories make me interesting at parties. <laughs> I 
love that. And that is something that has resounded, you know, echoed around my head so many times over the last year when I've gone, why has this happened? I've gone, oh, is he okay? That'll, that'll, that'll make good audio. <laughs> I can look back and I'm glad I've got this kind of record of it because, yeah, it's been really tough. It's a great podcast, though. It's Sam Walker, my special guest, next week on the Pod 20. And what will happen on the podcast radio chart next week? Will Shagged Married Annoyed stay at number one? Or will Joe Wicks go back to the top? Maybe your favourite podcast will be number one. Find out with me, Graham Mack, and influence the chart by making a recommendation at thepodcastradio.co.uk. Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more.